Hey guys, GBC podcast number 16. I'm Courtney West. I'm Shane Blankenship. Hey dude. Hi. How's it going? It's good. I'm tired, but it's good. I know you are. You've been working hard. Um, I've been working hard trying to stay in, in the Bible because that's sort of a weakness on my end. And um, God has sort of just like led me to the word humility. Okay. And it reminded me of one time we were sitting in church and you described humility as a posture. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe we could start there today. Yeah. So throughout scripture, I think one of the ways that you always see humility um, is on the knees, on the face, prostrate on the on the ground, um, and that's how people, you know, that's that's how most people who are coming to Jesus and know who He is or believe who He is, that's how they show up. And so there's this posture of humility, and you don't just see it in the New Testament; you also see it in the Old Testament. Um, but it's a literal like lowering of the head, um, an exposure of the neck. So um, whenever the, the Scripture speaks um, of the head or the mind. Um, um, like that kind of thing. It's speaking to leadership or government or, um, um, yeah, really those, those two things. I mean, that's the head of something. Um, and so to expose that head, to lower it down, um, is a humbling, um, a humbling, you know, before yourself or, um, before whatever person. So in most cases throughout the New Testament, it's Jesus. But yeah, it's that, it is that physical lowering of yourself down, which is symbolic of what's happening inside you internally, you know, inside your heart and inside your mind. But it's that, that lower, lowering down. So yeah, that's how you, that's how we see it really throughout the Old Testament. Um, you see it before kings, sometimes before prophets. Um, but you definitely see it before Jesus. When someone comes to Jesus and they know who he is and they, want something from him, if you will. They're coming because, you know, Jairus, I think about him, um, whose daughter, his 12-year-old daughter, yeah. uh, was sick and dying, and he leaves her bedside knowing that she's probably not going to make it to get to Jesus. And when he gets to Jesus, that's what he does. He falls down in his feet. Um, so he lowers himself down, um, even though he's a prominent person in society. Centurions come to Jesus. These are Roman officers in, in charge of troops. I mean, these are an occupying army. When they get to Jesus, what do the centurions do? They lower themselves down. Um, they understand authority and how it works, and they understand humility. Okay, but here is where the heart of it is, pun intended, because, <laughs> you know, that's like the physical, like that's what that's, it looks mm-hmm. like. Um, like physically, if if you're doing that, if you're praying or, or, you know, everything that Shane just said, but like, you know, application, what does it look like? in our daily lives. Yeah. And I kept coming to the scripture, love one another. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's, uh, well, I mean, I think you see it in Philippians, you see it in Galatians. Um, it's really common throughout um, throughout Paul's letters where he talks about um, loving one another. Of course, he gets that from Jesus, obviously. Um, and Jesus even quotes it from the Old Testament. When, when, when Jesus is asked, you know, what are the greatest commands? He gives two. And he says the two are equal to one another. The first one, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Second one, Jesus says it's like it, is it equal to it, and that's um, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Then Jesus takes the whole thing, turns it on its head, um, and he gives his command, or he gives his disciples one command before, you know, before the, the, um, the crucifixion and then the resurrection. And he says, love one another as I've loved you. So not just love your neighbor as yourself, but love one another the way I've loved you. And here's Jesus, here's Jesus' watch of the whole thing, and that is, so the whole world will know that you belong to me. And it's like the whole, when you say love one another as I have loved you, the first thing that pops into my mind is Jesus washing their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus on the cross dying for our sins. Like yeah. just the, 
like lowering of himself from a very high position. Mm -hmm. Hello, right hand of God, right? right. Um, coming down here to be like us, like, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, how, how do we do that in our in our lives? Um, and the, the word self-importance is kind of like in my mind. I'm like, you're taking off that like idea that like you're important or yeah. like your agenda is important and you're kind of setting it aside. No, so Philippians chapter 2, the, Paul says that your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So, first of all, he's talking about attitude. So, he is talking about something internal. He's talking about mind, yeah. heart, emotions. Your attitude should be that as, or be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held on to, um, but instead lowered himself, um, becoming in the likeness as man, and taking on the very nature of a servant. And so... Literally, Paul is setting it up to say, your attitude ought to be like that of Jesus. And what was Jesus' attitude? Like that of a servant. And that's exactly what Jesus ultimately tells his disciples, his followers to do. I want you to love like me. I want you to be like me. Um, and so he tells them that, actually, after he washes their feet, which was something that not just servants would do in the ancient world, but that was reserved for the lowest of servants. Yeah. So, like, in a household... Um, you know, if they had servants or slaves, or let's say they didn't have servants or slaves, the youngest kid's going to be washing feet, you know? Um, and sorry, but the youngest girl is going to be washing feet. Um, so if you got a little brother who's younger than you, obviously, little brother, um, you're, you're still washing feet because you're a woman in the ancient world. Okay. Um, so um, it was reserved for the lowest person in the house or the lowest servant. And Jesus, and Jesus gets up from a table and begins to wash his feet. And that's why... And the text that when he gets to Peter, Peter, Peter's like, you're not washing my feet. Right. Because he understands the culture. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, no, I've got, I've got to do this. And then once he finishes washing all the disciples' feet, um, he says, now you, you got to go and do likewise. Do, do to each other and do for each other what I've done for you. Not just literal in the washing of feet, but symbolically. And then he tells them, love one another as I've loved you. And then speak it. Okay. So from what you just said, I'm like self-sacrifice. Right, so that God can kind of like mold us m yeah. into what He wants us to do. But like the whole self-sacrifice—I mean, is that the same? It's the same idea, right? You're mm -hmm. kind of like I, this whole—I don't know. Like in my mind, I'm like you're taking off what you think you are, yeah, <laughs> so that you can do what God wants you to do. Yeah, or sometimes you're taking off what you desire or what right. you, you know, like. And I think it's a hard thing um, at the end of the day, that, you know, the idea of self-sacrifice and humility and self-sacrifice, you know, I think could also be mis, um, misinterpreted as like you're yes. literally kind of giving yourself up for this and you're just putting all of your, your, you know, all of you aside for the sake of somebody else to which I think if you went down that road long enough, people are like, well, but you got to do something for you. Like at what point does it stop? And at what point do you draw the line? Um, and I think that's not probably a good road to end up going down. It's not a realistic or a healthy road um, to go down. Unless you're Mother Teresa. Unless you're Mother Teresa. Anybody like love her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But at the end of the day, even with Mother Teresa, I think there's something powerful is that they're not doing this to like earn it. Like, no. Like the humility is not, okay, crap, there's, that's the rule. So I gotta, I gotta follow the rule. So I'm gonna give this up and do this because that's what I'm supposed to do. And you do it with a begrudging heart. Um, the problem with that is you're supposed to do everything as if you were doing it for God, and you're supposed to do it with joy in your heart. And so um, whatever work you're, we do, we're supposed to do that work as we would do it unto the Lord. So I, I think, you know, to bring it back full circle with that, 
Mother Teresa did it, and she loved to do it. Loved it was it. a privilege to yeah. do it. It was it was an honor to do that, um, and it was coming out of out of that relationship. It was the natural response of the relationship with Christ. And so I think when it comes to humility, there can be false humility that looks like humility from the outside, but it's not really. Yes. Um, which that is going to tie back to the heart and the head, the attitude piece of it. Yeah. Um, so if it ain't flowing from 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 a good place. Then it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside, um, and you might be able to fool others, but we can't fool our heavenly Father. Yeah, it, I was just looking down at my notes, but I think it was that quote that my husband had sent me. But that's what we're talking about here: is like doing something um, so that others see you do it, mm-hmm. rather than just doing it because you genuinely are trying to. You're trying to be humble and be like, let me serve you, like let me love you. You always say, I, mean, I think you got it from Andy Stanley. I'm not really sure what does love require. That's, that's exactly what I got it from of me. And you know, it's just something I always think. And you know, there are times, Shane, I'm not doing it because I want to. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just trying to be obedient, and that's just like a very human thing to do and say. But um, just recently, it's just like that word humility, humility, humility. And I'm like, God's trying to teach me something, and mm-hmm. maybe He's trying to teach you something too. Um, I, I just like how we can try to like apply it in our everyday life. We all can't be like Mother Teresa, but I think that the whole attitude behind what she did and how she acted is mm-hmm. something that we can try to portray. You know, praying about it as God renews our mind and our hearts. Yeah. Well, when when it comes to humility, one of the things I think about often um, is um, the pastor where it says, "Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up." Um, and we all want to be lifted up. Yes. We, like at the end of the day, I, I feel like. For 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 all of us, if if not for all of us, for most of us, but if you belong to God, there is something in you. There's a desire that wants to be lifted up. We want to elevate. And the way the world has taught us is that you go after that yourself. You yeah. work hard and get it. You yeah. work hard and you earn it. You manipulate to get it. You control. You um you, control. You, you get you get stronger than your enemy and you defeat them so that you can get it. And then God says, "Now, if you'll humble yourself before me, I'll lift you up." And I think that's powerful. We just don't, we just don't think about it. You do this before me, I will do the lifting. You don't even have to, you don't have to lift a finger. I will lift you up if you will humble yourself before me. And so back to what does that look like? What looks like Jesus? And that's why I think Andy's Stanley's question of what does love require of me is a powerful, powerful question because everybody already knows the answer to that. Mm -hmm. Almost every single time you know the answer to that question. Now you may not want to do it may not be easy, but we know the answer to that question. And if you don't, look at Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's the powerful part about being in the text and being in the Bible, is that you are familiar with what Jesus would do, um, and you can imitate it. Okay, so the um, word of the day would be humility, and self-sacrifice, not self-serving. And I know you don't love self-sacrifice. Uh, but it's, that's just what I keep thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the whole idea of just being like, okay, just use me yeah. for what you just do it. So, I mean, let's not focus over here. Like, just use me, you yeah. know? Okay. No, yeah. I think, I, 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 it's not that I don't like the word, I guess. It's just the whole idea of, um, like, I can understand how it can be misunderstood at totally. some point, you know, and with I the self-sacrifice we'll, thing. Yeah, and but, I honestly think it kind of sounds like a, a, a jihad thing, you know. I mean, it's like that, the whole self-sacrifice thing. So so I understand, what like, it, it being misconstrued as something that it's not. But if we yeah. think about it in, in the whole idea of, like, being humbled mm-hmm. and being used 
for the for the good of God, it, it's a completely different context. No, absolutely, absolutely, and, I, and then again, and it comes back to the heart and the heart of the matter, and what's the attitude behind it, and um, and that that whole hey, here I am, I'm surrendering, use me, God, I want to be a part of whatever it is that you made me for, and whatever it is that you're doing in this world, and that takes on a whole new context. And and I love just like physically like seeing my, myself or you or anybody like on your knees with your neck exposed, mm-hmm. palms out, just like here I am, receiving. Yep. Okay, awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for watching. We hope you have a great day. All right, see you next time. Bye.